Sure, we chat about all things comic books, video games, books, movies, anything and everything here on the It's Canon Podcast. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by Tyler. You're muted, my friend. You know, I know I'm coming to you from the year 1997, but also my video is more than three minutes behind and I am still watching the countdown. Yep. Yep. You might have to refresh. Uh, you can go ahead and do that at any point because uh, that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I don't know. It's been one of those weeks. I think the summer is getting to everyone, but we have a jam-packed show for each and every single person. Uh, Tyler, you're back. How's it going? I it's hot. Yeah, it's just hot. It's just hot. Like it's there's nothing just else. hot today. It's uh, here in southern Ontario today. Everyone was talking about on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Monday won't be too bad. It's supposed to be 20, 21 degrees max. It's like 30 degrees right now out there. It was 36 in the backyard here today. Yeah, that sounds about right. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Like yeah. it's. It's bananas. It, it is it is crazy right now. It is it's just crazy right now. So, how are you doing? It's been a few weeks. I look. Did you know that planning events planning is a events. lot of work? Yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Just a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. It really freaking is, man. It's uh, crazy because like. You think you have all the major details, you have all the milestones and stuff kind of like in your head, right? But then when you actually start thinking it through, it's like, oh, you need X, Y, Z, you know, one, two, three. The problem we're dealing with, because I've done events, like I've done events for a variety of different things, a variety of different sizes. I've done everything from like, all right, it's like, it's the Cuban Community Center's checkers championship you're gonna open the hall and you're gonna make a batch of coffee and then you're gonna vacuum when they're done yeah all the way up to like multi-million dollar like huge conventions and shit yep and nothing is worse than working in the end like trying to do events in the ngo space with all volunteers yeah that's dude just anytime you bring volunteers into the fold there's so much extra stuff that you have to consider, right? People's time, people's commitment. That's the to me. That's a huge one, right? Just because it's like 100%. even even when people are eager and willing to, right? You don't want to take advantage of them, and you don't want them to feel like they're being taken advantage of. One hundred percent. And this is like none of my frustration ever comes from yeah. the frontline people, right? Is the people who are like, yeah, the people who you're like, I need you to work the door. Yeah. And they go like, tell me how, like, tell me the specifics I want you to work through. And you tell them, and I've never had a problem with someone just doing that. Yeah. It's people who are like, put me in charge of a team. And then you're like, okay. And then they're like, I don't know how to run a team. And you're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. But aside from that, how's everything else going? What have you been watching, playing, reading? What's going on? Or are you just like in that, point where you just have no time for anything else no it's been a lot of fun weird stuff we had like a what so what, what you went i have a friend here who uh, uh a thing a lot of wineries do is they have a variety of what's called like a barrel member 
mm-hmm. where basically you pay a lot up front and you get a ton of benefits, including like bottles of wine they don't actually sell to the public and stuff. Yeah. So a friend of ours for the Taylor Swift Taylor's version release booked out the entire event space at one of the wineries here and we got like the whole thing catered. That was my Friday night, which yeah. I cannot complain about. Yeah. And it was uh Lightfoot and Wolfville, wonderful winery here. They ship across Canada. They're not paying for this, but they'd give me a decent number of free drinks that night. So, you know, gonna give the shout out. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. That that that's cool. That's awesome. That's very freaking cool. I kinda like that. Um a buddy of mine who I currently work with out in Montreal. Yeah. Um, he was telling me that he's like the events very similar to what you were saying, and I'm like, man, I gotta get on this. I gotta get on this trend again. Like I used to do stuff like this way back when, but uh, it's been a while since I've like just had the time to just enjoy stuff like that, like the 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 the, the finer points of life. I would also argue we have entered what I call we're back in Victorian time of let's say you want to travel somewhere. It's no longer like like. It's no longer the matter of like, oh, you get on a plane in the morning and you are at your destination within a couple hours of what you expected. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know my this. my parents were out visiting. So we binged like a lot of weird movies, which was great. I got them to watch Renfield and they were like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, well. But when they were flying out, while they were taxiing out of the Toronto airport, they had a layover. Mm-hmm. Uh, their plane got hit by a luggage train. So their plane was just, it can't fly anymore. Like, yeah. it tore out a chunk of the plane. Their plane wow. was in an automobile accident. That is crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. So it ended up being like... I think it was like six hours in the Toronto airport and then 15 hours in the Ottawa airport. God, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. But they made it safe and everything worked out. Yep. Eventually. Everyone survived. But it's, you know what's crazy? It's like, not only are we being just, especially here in Canada, right? Like, and I know it's the same everywhere, but like, obviously, you know, we live here, so we kind of get that news right away. But like, delays and schedules and lack of staff and what a lot of people don't realize right is that when your plane gets delayed your staff is on the clock so that's why sometimes they have to wait for new staff to come in to fill that flight because you know the hours are done so i think that's something that a lot of people don't realize um when it comes to why some delays can just be atrocious and it just it's a trickle down domino effect right um so not Not to mention like your pilot like pilots and i support this like yes you have regulations and pilots like have a maximum amount of time they're allowed to be awake in or in a row yeah and it's not when the flight starts it's when the flight ends so it can be this thing of all of a sudden they're like well the pilot can't finish this flight legally yep exactly we can discuss whether regulations are good or not but like i think in general maybe an overtired pilot who can't see straight not great if something goes wrong Look, but here's the thing, right? Like, okay, we have these regulations, but the airline companies are doing nothing to ensure that they can fulfill their schedule, right? And that's what gets to me sometimes. So then it's like everyone gets the blame except for the people who are actually doing the operations of this stuff. Anyways, so not only are we dealing with, like, all these natural delays, I'm going to call them, right? But then we have – yeah, I feel like it's just been this weird year, year and a half of just these – Oh, yeah. Unnatural stuff like you know, luggage trains hitting your plane and mechanical issues, right? Just like it's been so freaking weird. But you know what? I do give credit to everyone who works in the airline industry because, like, let's be honest, man, everyone's been overworked, everything has been so effed lately. Uh, and you know, we haven't heard more reports of more accidents and stuff like that, right? Where people are getting oh, yeah. injured and stuff like that. So, that's kind of like the bright side of all of this. The bright side is uh, strikes are working. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too, right? That's a huge. That's a huge plus. Um, Pikmin man, last... Four comes out in eight days. What does Pikmin Four? Oh yes, 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The demo is rock solid. You saved your progress for the game. It gives you a lot more gameplay than I expected. Well, that's good. That's damn good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm, a dog I'm, now. I am so behind on my games right now. Like, I, I play the AEW wrestling video game because I did a review for that. That's really all I've played. I haven't really touched Zelda too much. I haven't even touched Star Wars yet. I haven't really. I've just been so busy with everything else. Um, but, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I just assumed that when I had the couple weeks off, I was just going to like, you know, just catch up on stuff. Nah, I just filled up my, 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 my free time with other stuff. There's no such thing as free time. There's no. no such thing as time off anymore. There really isn't, man. There really isn't. All right, so... We're also heading into what I call the deluge, because we have so many good things coming out in the back end of this year. Oh, from video games to movies, man. Like, even just Talking later this month, Barbie and Oppenheimer, right? Like, say what you want about the Barbie movie. That movie is going to be a hit. I was just, like, right before I... Uh, started the show. I was just, you know, going on my f regular news feeds, uh, which I wonder how these some of these news feeds are going to be affected. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that later on this show when we talk about Bill C-18, which affects Canadians. Uh, but the reason why I think it's important to talk about it is because it's already happened in other places in the world. And, well, it's going to probably, most likely, possibly in some shape or form, start happening at the state level, in my opinion. Um, so, well, there's a... There's a Supreme Court decision from today that actually is a good comparison yeah. to C-18. Yep. Um, so I'm my news feeds, and I saw that like 20,000 AMC yep. members bought tickets for Barbie already. No, no. I saw it was 20,000 for a Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. Oh, yeah, the combo, the combo, yes. It was the yeah, combo. It's, it's not Barbie. It's the double feature. Like... I have We're never, have you ever, in your life, seen two movies that are just being marketed this way, uh, and, and what makes it amazing, and, like, this just goes to show you kind of, like, what world we live in because of social media and stuff like that, right, and because of memes and how memes can catch on, it's two movies that should have nothing to do with each other, should not have the same audience whatsoever, but just because of the memes, it's just catching on. This has happened before, though. It was video games, but I seem to remember Doom Guy and Isabel from Animal Crossing yeah. and the marketing that that was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Animal Crossing. I, I kind of forget everything that is Animal Crossing, but you are right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're and right. we got like albums of music out of it. It's, yeah. We live in a weird timeline. We really do. We really do. If that, if CERN actually opened up the gateways to another parallel, and that's why we're seeing so many Mandela effects, by God, what the hell happened to our timeline? It's the weird one. <laughs> it's, it, this is, honestly, sometimes I feel like, you know, in every episode of The Outer Limits or The Twilight Zone, there was that weird timeline. That's literally where we live. Like, where someone like oh, was... Donald Trump can fucking become president. Yeah, Donald Trump, the guy who uh, eats the pizza backwards. Yep. Oh, my God. The guy who get, got, like, beaten up by Vince McMahon. Yep. Exactly. God, what a timeline. <laughs> what a timeline. It is, it is a very weird timeline, man. All right, so let's talk about some things and obviously probably the biggest news in tech has been the ongoing fight between meta and twitter and the fight continues with the release of threads oh who could have seen that this would happen this is the thing right like there's so many things so musk is is angry because there's a competitor he's angry because you know uh, he alleges that Meta hired former employees, or uh, but he's using a word that he has to be careful using this word in public. Poaching. He ain't poaching. Zuckerberg ain't poaching anyone if you let them go. That's not poaching. Yep. Yeah, I mean there was uh, there's a law 
that is interestingly enough has been proposed as being like it's somewhere in the process in the states that would actually bring America in line with a lot of other places in that non-competes and NDAs would be severely curtailed. Yep. Uh, for, like for those who don't know, to my knowledge, an, a non-compete has never been successfully enforced in Canada. Um, I don't know if this was a non-compete or if this was a case of poaching, but there was a vice president from BlackBerry who went to Apple yep. and he stole secrets. But I don't think that was that, a non-compete. I think that was just yeah. um, a case of poaching and whatever. I I, don't, I forget the, the legal terms, yes. but I don't think it was a non-compete. Yeah, it'd be revealing trade secrets and or possibly, like, it depends on the facts of the case, right? Yeah. But yeah, like, to my knowledge, the courts have never said like the courts have said like a non-compete in canada especially is so like like as you said like all right if you don't work for blackberry back in the day where are you going to work yep right like you don't have 70 options you have six yep that's exactly it and you know what that's more reason for you to keep your employees happy for you to keep your employees right like this is just naturally going to happen so threads comes out uh and you know what's brilliant about threads is the connection that it does have with instagram right like if you have an instagram account you almost automatically have a threads account all you have to do is wake it up for lack of a better term yeah. and you have the option to follow everyone that you that has threads or activates threads when it wakes up um so what what's brilliant about that is any social me any social network the hardest thing is to get not the users but it's to have that following it's to have your social yeah. network built up it's to have your timeline built up to have your followers if you're um you know if that's that's what you care about and stuff like that so the beauty about threads is that you know within minutes a lot of people who were checkmarked or whatever or have whatever yeah. the medical is the equivalent of of twitter blue whatever it is um you have thousands and thousands of followers already yeah you're right it's the networked effect just made faster yep you know this is how gmail did it so good back in the day is a very similar model and they did it here yep and it's just so it's just brilliant. what it is. It's just so funny, right? Like, and it, it just seemed like a lot of bad news for Twitter. Last week on the news, Phil and, or last week on the show, Phil and I were talking about all of the Twitter server issues. And, you know, they were basically DDoSing themselves. They were basically, it's hilarious what they were doing. Um, if, you know, if you actually took a look at what was happening and Twitter not, or not paying Google servers, and these Google servers being yeah. turned off, and... In the code, somewhere deep in the code, there's hard-coded calls to said server. Um, so there's literally you're just DDoSing yourself. You're 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 denying the attack there. Um, so what's interesting is after all those issues, after all the hype of this alleged fight that these two billionaires want to have, whatever, um, you know, after okay. TweetDeck goes to a paid service here comes mark zuckerberg and meta and they just give you threads with this insane uh connection to its exist existing intro infrastructure which gives you a huge following and man it it's just like meta knew what they were doing well i mean you never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake and it like of all the lowest hanging fruits, like Mark Zuckerberg's modus operandi for ages has been buy it, buy it, kill it, or copy it. He did possibly all three at once. Because, like, I'm telling you, like, back when, it was it 2008, 2009, uh, Zuckerberg wanted to buy Twitter. They said no. And he's basically just been waiting for this moment. Well, and, like... Like, like... The entire business deal of Twitter is bonkers. Like, it is comical that people think it can be a going concern without something changing. Yeah, 
Yeah. So that's that. So what's your take? What do you think is going to be the future of threads, the future of Twitter? Do you think Twitter is DOA? Do you think threads is here to stay? Or do you think it's going to be a fad? Like, you know, I made the comparison on my own threads account that this reminds me so much of when BBM came out. And for a few weeks, everyone was posting their BBM numbers and blah, 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 blah. And then it just died out. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, I haven't dug into the numbers enough yet. And I know that Threads has hit a variety of social media milestones faster than anyone, which, sure, fine. The question remains, you know, is this new users, for lack of a better term, right? Like, is this new users, are they creating new activity? Or is this just like a blip of activity against the larger trend of Facebook slowly losing user base especially losing the younger user base of this younger user base being broadly speaking more i don't even want i i I pulse my words more savvy that social media is not your friend yeah and i'm not like i'm you know i I don't know if i it's almost this different thing of like i'm not saying that necessarily like intuitively understand the algorithm better i haven't seen anything either way it's more of like they just are more intuitively aware that there's an algorithm yeah versus like you know you see older people who are like well i they i don't know how like it's just they're just showing me stuff but it's like but there's math choosing that to make you think and do certain things and they're like no that would be illegal and you're like okay <laughs> i you know twitter the debt load alone the debt load alone on Twitter versus what its financials were pre-acquisition means mm-hmm. that like something needs to change seismically. And whether it is, you know, someone with enough money just decide whether it's Elon, whether it's a Saudi prince just decides it's worth keeping the doors open. Yeah. Fine. Like, and then, like, then I guess, like, yeah, we won't kill it. It'll just keep going. Yep. But between the maximum thing, like the maximum tweet views fiasco, and like how toxic it has become, like, I, I people are leaving. People are yeah. just leaving. The dude, it's gone so bad that people who are forced to work at Twitter because of visa reasons or whatever, even they're making the big decision to leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, that's... It's, it's dark. But, like, sis is considered a slur now on Twitter. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like... Yeah. Okay? Like, what is your logic? Right? No, it's just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it whatsoever. Uh, but we're for sure. This is a story that intrigues me just because there's so many different levels to this. Um, and is this a fad? Is like is threads a fad? What's going to happen with Twitter? Is Twitter going to implode? Is Twitter just going to be sold off? Um, isn't there supposed to be a new CEO at Twitter? Has this person started? She's been there for a while. But like, right? Well, I mean, I, I've I've read multiple reports saying that honestly, this is the best thing that's ever happened for SpaceX or Tesla because Elon's not fucking around. Yeah, right. Like it's just like he's so focused on this new on this new toy that you know he's actually. Well, is he focused on the new toy? Or is he just focused on tweeting? Well, that's <laughs> like he's focused on something. What that new toy is, I don't know. But it's in the Twitter world. What he's doing there, aside from just driving everyone away. Who knows? Talk to Nazis. Hmm? Hanging out with, talking, talking to Ian Miles Chung. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. Saying um, that, like, oh my God, it's bad. It's yeah. so bad. Something I wanted to get your opinion on, and we briefly talked about this last week, and that's everything that's happening with Reddit and the uh, paid APIs for Reddit, causing a lot of third party apps for Reddit to go to charge only or at least a payment a subscription type of service do you see this happening more and more like do you like what's your take on this so my take is there's kind of two big parts to my take one of them is i i 
and I can't remember. I I heard this. I read this somewhere, and it's it's. I've been kicking myself because I can't find it again. But a very smart math person or economics person said that in the long run of history, we're going to look at the period from about. 80 1980 until about 2021 as this period where the cost of borrowing money was supernaturally low for most of the world right yes. like yeah like my mortgage is locked in at a rate that if you could have gotten this mortgage rate at any time pre-1980 in basically all of the history of borrowing money yeah people would assume that you were like like you were corrupt or you were like something sketchy was going on and there's a lot of reasons for why interest rates are that low that we don't need to go into but like because interest rates were so low it made no sense to invest in bonds yeah and it made sense to just put all your money into stocks because like the way the math works out of higher risk but higher reward your net is higher than a low interest rate but it also meant that all these tech companies never had to be profitable because you just had to service the interest on your loans yeah. and you just had to be able to commit equity to keep coming in. So interest rates going up means loans are more expensive and equity dries up because people are more likely to put money into bonds and people are more likely to not have money, right? Like how many people when we saw with the GameStop saga were, were trading on the margin, they were trading with, not their money yeah that's that's always a scary thing right when we're starting to deal with for lack of a better term fake money a non-existent yeah. money right and i think that part of what we're seeing right now and these companies trying to find a way to make money now all of a sudden is because yeah like interest rates are going up you can't keep doing this here's the thing the so value one big for part me of the valuation of yeah. a company it always scares me, right? It, it, when someone values a company, like when someone says Facebook is worth $8 billion, it sure. doesn't mean that they have $8 billion in the bank. And we use the valuation sure. of a company as Bible for so many things. Which, which, and again, like, to yes with you, like, and, you know, if finance worked the way that the theory says it does, that'd be fine because it just like they would have designed all the math that it works. But Tesla is the most expensive, is the most highly valued car company in existence. Mm -hmm. And like, they just don't sell as many cars. They just don't. Yeah. Right. Like the, the entire theory behind Tesla's value is that somehow it's going to maintain this lead, this lead in the electric car space over every car company. Like it's like like that Toyota's not gonna conduct industrial espionage and just be like, ah, oh, we can make a Tesla now. Especially when so much of like Tesla batteries are outsourced. Yeah. It's like or were for ages. Like other people know how to make it. The other part is how that how that connects to social media, right? Of that led to it was easier to get cell phones, it was easier to get big fancy computers, it was easier to keep keep investing in like better wireless service better fiber optic your community and stuff because again interest rates were low and I, I, I it feels a little bit to me like we're at this point that it's almost like we're we're at the point of robert Downey jr when he went into burger king <laughs> right that's the story he tells he went into burger king and ate a burger and it was the most disgusting thing he ever ate so he was like i gotta fucking get clean yeah but I feel like, like, as a society, that's a little bit of us right now, is we're just like, we've let what could have been like, I fully believe someone can drink and not be an addict. I think you can do a lot of various drugs and not be an addict and not like, and it, you can also have, but like, as a society, we're not treating social media that way. No, 100%. And I think that's where we're at right now, right? Is like, Either we're going to double down and it's going to get worse because all these social media companies have to make more money and that has to mean something, right? Whether it's more ads, more just the capacity to buy what you're seeing. Um, 
and differentiate that from ads because like you could just like oh, i'm just putting fake news stories in front of you yeah right what, like what i'm seeing as well as vcs right the venture capitalists yep. these are the companies that give money to startups or uh yep. tech companies and they they essentially become part owners in that sense, right? So a lot of tech companies had so much money to play around with, but at some point in history, at some point down the down the line, these VCs, venture capitalist companies, they want their ROI. And what I'm seeing right yep. now is that there a lot of these VCs are asking <coughs> for that ROI now, and it's well, happening and all at the same exactly time. Because if you look at the list of VCs. There aren't like there's only a handful of VCs that own almost every tech company in Silicon Valley. Yep, one hundred percent. And I think that part of it is again, like we said, it's because of those interest rates. Because mm -hmm. how much of their money is borrowed? How That's much of it I mean. is their investors being like, well, why the like why the fuck don't I buy Treasury bonds now? Yeah. Right, like if treasury bonds get up to eight nine percent, like they were back in the day, like yeah, I would buy a bunch of treasury bonds again. Of course, and it's 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 you know it's it's almost as if we played this weird financial game of pyramid, and it's starting to fall and implode within itself. Oh, hundred percent. It, it was just like you like for interest rates to stay this low, you had to do other things than what we did, for lack of a better way of putting it, right? And we can discuss whether it's good policy or not. Yeah. But, you know, we were basically chipping away at, like, our savings. And at some point, like, either you need to have a way that, like, more money's coming in so you can keep the ratio fine. Or you're in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly it. So with this whole, with the interest rates, what they are, uh, you know, which means that companies need to ensure that anything you know they're paying more for fake money that they don't have which means that anywhere that their money is invested they want that roi right now which comes down to some of these tech companies and that's what we're seeing with companies like reddit and other companies uh but reddit is just the one that i can think off the top of my head that's the one that a lot of people who would listen to this show know and that's why they're like thinking of ways to monetize as much as much as humanly possible right and if it means monetizing even your apis for third-party apps well guess what that's a thousand dollars that they didn't have yesterday that they have today now yep well i mean i would argue twitter's the exact same thing because there's a reason they're not paying those like facebook's changed projections that's the same thing i would even argue that's part of why the people from twitter decided to sell yes is they were looking down and even back then like you kind of saw the interest rates were looking kind of dicey and like it was a good time to get out yeah and all these things that VCs are doing, that all this is doing, funny enough, and I'm not saying it's their fault, like this is a government thing to solve, but all that raises interest rates further. Yeah, well, there's rumors, there's talk, hearsay, innuation, and rumors, and innuendo that that interest rates are going to be going up this week here in Canada, yet again. I, yeah. Right? Like... Does this worry you? This like it, it like not the interest rate alone. That's as a you know as a person, yeah, that can be a little worrying depending on where you are financially. But as you know, someone who looks at the tech industry, and I we I focus on tech industry because I sometimes feel like that's one of the most that's an industry that you see the results right away more faster than housing, faster than other industries. In my opinion, that's maybe because I'm in yep. it. Um, but like, are you worried? Like, how do you feel about it all? Well, I mean, <laughs> we have three factors crashing together all at once. And this has happened. These three factors have all crashed together a couple times before. Yep. And it's really hard to just afford everyday living. And that's because of in most of the Western world we live in. Minimum wage has been flat. Yeah. Or effectively neg, which means it's effectively negative because of inflation for so long. 
right? Like if minimum wage kept up with inflation, it's supposed to be like $36. Yeah. And, you know, you can fudge that if you want to debate purchasing price parity, if you want to debate what should be in the cart, in the, in the basket of goods. Sure. You're not getting that number down below 15. <laughs> like we're, we're all paid. Like even people who are paid really well, other than like multimillionaire billionaires, like if you make a hundred thousand dollars at a job that used to pay $90,000 a decade ago, guess what? You've net lost money. Like you just, you've net lost money. Yep. You have that. You have the highest inequality levels in history between yeah. the top 1% and the next 99%. Like people were talking about that in, in 2008 in the financial crisis. It just got worse. And I have this third issue coming, which is uh, people are starting to get hungry, hot, and cold. So we have wet bulb temperatures down in the States that are approaching just you die times, right? Like it's this phenomenon at when the humidity gets high enough. And this is why for those of us in Canada who all of a sudden are like, ah, it's humid and hot. That humidity gets hot enough. Your body's capacity to sweat doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. The human body at some level of humidity becomes, you just can't, you cannot cool yourself without using other things whether it's you know an umbrella to get out of the shade whether it's to go into your basement like there's stuff you can do eventually you get to the point where just no you're, if you're outside you just die yeah and there were places in the states where we reached those temperatures this past week of i think it was if you were outside with nothing for six hours just the average person would just die you just would die from heat crazy and, you know, it didn't stay that hot for six hours, thankfully. But, like, that's happening. Mm-hmm. You have, like, Canadians know the food, the price of food has gone insane. They know that bread, which during, during COVID, I could get two loaves for six bucks, is now two loaves for 13. Yep. And meanwhile, you know, we we have the first three companies are supposed to become trillion dollar valuations in the next what three years yep what is it apple samsung and someone else uh i know apple and samsung for sure i know that those are i can't remember the third one it's someone that it's like oh yeah no of course it's that company but then you but you have these people who basically have unlimited money right like there's these wealthy people who they just functionally have unlimited money and uh the last times this has happened were the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The we're fall going of there. Rome. Yep. Exactly. It's just, it's crazy right now, right? Like, it's scary times to say the least. Um, so, so there is that. Another thing I want to get your opinion on, and I kind of know where you're gonna where you're gonna fall on this one, um, and this stems from Valve not approving Steam games that use copyright and infringing AI artwork. Also, we've seen Disney and the M- Disney Plus and the MCU and Disney getting in a little bit of hot water over uh, their use of AI in recent TV shows. Yep. Tyler. Down off. I, I understand why Steam does it, right? Yep. Like, there are three legal cases from the last two days against these places. And if you've used that, you could, like, if you've used AI, they can very easily be like, okay, maybe you, you should have known better. You're a co defendant. You owe me a ton of money. And these aren't like nobody, nobody's. Like, Sarah Silverman is one of the first people to sue. Because she really quickly was like, you know, whether you like her or not, she's a pretty savvy person. And she went on chat GPT and experimented around and it was like, I can get it to just to just churn out chunks of my book verbatim. Yeah. Yep. So Man, I, I what we're seeing with AI right now, so much of um, and we're going to start seeing this more, but 
is I'm just going on the net like as I'm preparing the Sunday show for for Sunday night's main event, which we do have that those listeners listening to us, um, and it's these literal fake AI generated interviews trying to do clickbait and creating bullshit stories. Well, and what's funny is most of the things that read those are AI. Yeah. Yeah. They buy AI numbers to goose them. Yep. No, I, I mean, I like, I do creative work and sometimes like I buy and license art assets and there are several markets you can go to. And, you know, I don't like Adobe. They have a, they're coming to have a lot of problems with. However, like I, I, I'm, I am partly stuck in that system and I try to offset it, but sometimes I like, I just go to the, like I, but I look to the Adobe stock. Yeah. To be like, what? Like, I just, I, let's look at some assets. I have some credits. I'm going to give them to some more. And even if you click on their thing, like do not include AI stuff. It's flooded with AI. Yeah. I can imagine, man. It's just, I, yeah, I haven't really looked, but I can only imagine how bad it is now. Well, and it's, it's like, it's getting worse, right? Because like the AI it is like, it's that, I don't know if you've read any of the stuff on it, but like its own output is part of the data set. Yes. So anything it gets stuck on or it decides like this is, and I'm, I'm using decide really poorly. I shouldn't because it anthropomorphizes it. Anything that its internal algorithm rewards, it will get stuck on. And it will just iterate on that. And it cannot get out of bad ideas the way a human can. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see just like these bananas outputs and how it's like, it's not getting better at hands. Like for it to get better at hands, a human has to go in and like change how the AI thinks. And again, that's anthropomorphizing. They have to change the weighting of various data inputs in its model. Yep. It's kind of, I was reading this thing about, you know, how AI in some shape or form, um, and it was like these people who are like truly against AI, so take this for what it's worth, right? And I don't have any numbers to support this or any real information to support this, and I think it was more of a theoretical discussion that they were having. And it's like, what if AI is just fucking around with us? Where it gets, it's gone to the point where it's just throwing bullshit our way and because we know we're going to believe whatever it throws our way. I mean, there's, I mean, there's two ways to answer that of like, the other one is like, all right, you know, because you can be like, all right, so let's, let's say it can and it can somehow hide every single sub part of like, why isn't its processing power going up? How is it accessing things that it should be able to access to? Did it like deduce everything? Is it therefore like infinitely powerful? If that's the case, I'm not going to like Rococo's basilisk on this or any bullshit. I'm just going to say like, okay, like if it's that much more powerful, like it doesn't matter anymore, right? Like it's the same as what if we're in a computer? Like then I don't know. Then we're in a computer. Like realistically, my response is like, learn how ai actually works because people who say that are not usually people who study or know ai and i'm not i know i listen to and read real experts (laughs) who are like this isn't ai it just isn't yeah all right so that is that always love our ai chats we're gonna get in depth with ai at some point a little more um, but uh, here's here's one for you. I want to just get this one with you. And that's Sega workers from largest multi-department video game union in the U.S. of A. Workers at Sega of America, representing multiple departments, have voted to form a union with 91 employees voting yes out of a total number of 212 eligible employees. The Allied Employees Guild improving Sega becomes the fifth video game union in the U.S. of A. Solid mandate. Yeah. Like 91% support. That's a solid mandate. Yeah, I think so. Because it it also implies that they're ready. Like, when you get that high of a union membership vote, it also implies that, like, that many people are, like, 
very convinced we need a union, which yeah. means that if they were to vote to strike next week, they'd probably get in at least 70%. At least, right? Right? Yeah. And I think we're going to be seeing this more and more in the tech industry. I really do think the tech industry. I was just having this conversation last night, this morning with people about like, they had no idea how, for lack of a better term, dark and fucked up and difficult the tech industry is. Like they, 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 they just, they never put thought into it, right? They never thought about like the human aspect of working X amount of hours. They never thought of why these big tech companies give you meals and dry cleaning and sleeping pods and so and so yep didn't think this sounds a lot like company towns i thought we beat up pinkertons over this yeah yeah so we're going to be seeing this I'm, more, I, and more I'm with you. we've seen more unions in the past year than the past decade so like <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's just picking up steam. And as they're successful, like stuff's going to start to happen. Yep. Yeah. And then this, it's funny because this could in turn affect our previous conversation about the output and deliverables of these tech companies and what the VCs are expecting. And kind of to bring it all together, I just suspect that VCs are going to not be giving away as much money, which means that a lot of tech startups might not be starting up or they're going to be at a very low level for a very long time well i mean i would i think we're also going to start to see outside of like disney like whenever i talk about stuff like this i'm gonna i'm excluding your disney your apple your microsoft who like these companies do have enough money that like legitimately like all of their employees could unionize and they could still just throw enough money at it to get some of these projects at the door, right? Like Avengers made so much money that yeah. it's just like, like Avatar, I didn't like it, but it made so much money that they're yeah. just like, it doesn't matter. We can just, we could double everyone's salary and we still made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. But I think you're going to start to see, especially in the video game space, less. I think you can start to see less. Yeah. We're not going to be seeing. And this is like to a point that Phil and I were talking about last week, right? When it comes to visual yep. effects and the pressures that they have to pump stuff out at the lowest rate humanly possible. But it doesn't matter because they have deadlines. And that's why we're getting that quality issue with yep. movies like The Flash compared that to something like an avatar where they they're, they're waiting decades for the technology and just to give everyone the time because they <laughs> want that perfection right so i think that what we're going to end up seeing is as more unions are formed as the uh you know the 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 the, the, the wallets are getting a little tighter uh we're going to be seeing less stuff we're not going to be seeing three or four mcu shows and movies in one calendar year I should, I should, I want to specify because I don't think we're going to see let. I don't, I don't want to say like we're going to see less. Movies are weird because movies are their own sub industry, a lot of all. I don't think we're going to see less of video games overall. I don't see, mm. think we're going to see less like no media you can watch overall. I am hopeful that this leads to the impetus of having again between this and the WGA strike and the highly rumored SAG strike, and the fact that, like, <laughs> people out there are just kind of generally pissed, yep. I think you're going to start seeing more mid-size things again. Like, right, like, for as much as I love Stardew Valley, great game, basically a guy. Imagine if that was a team of five. Right. Right, like, and I think Minecraft is a good example, right? Because, like, Minecraft was, what, a team of basically four or five people for ages? Yep. And, you know, that's a really good game. Yeah. And and I think there's, like, there is plenty of space for people who are like, yeah, I would play just a solid game that, like, isn't $70. But also just like is a good game. Yeah. 
Now let's let's again let's hope it leads to quality over quantity. All right, so let's talk about our topic de jour, and that is Bill C-18 here in Canada. And like I mentioned earlier, the reason why I want to talk about this is because this or a similar law has been passed in other places like Australia, and I can start seeing this happening more and more and more. Uh, so let's quickly talk about what Bill C-18 is. So Bill C-18, it's legislation that's going to force tech companies such as Google, Meta, etc., to negotiate compensation deals with news organizations for posting or linking to their work. The federal government has said the bill will help the Canadian news industry, which has seen large amounts of advertising revenue migrate to Google and Facebook. The legislation would allow news outlets to reach private deals with the tech companies. If an agreement cannot be reached, news outlets would go to Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission, CRTC, for mediation. Facebook, Google and Apple have already signed partnerships with some news organizations, including the Globe and Mail, to pay for the rights to use their news articles. Yeah. Like... So, I mean, I, I never since Jordan Peterson have I seen a bill that was so poorly understood and discussed. Yep. That's why I want to talk and about not, it. Like, and it's, you know, it's, people are saying that, like, it will cripple Canadian media. As though these media companies couldn't come in and basically be like, we'll take zero. Mm-hmm. Or like take like takes vanishingly small numbers. Yep. And the other part of that is again like like there's a problem in media coverage writ large, and I think that most people across the political like I like across the political spectrum, based in reality, can agree that there's problems. Right. Like when companies can send a press release and it just gets published. That's that's just bad for society. Mm -hmm. Right. The, right. The lack of reporters having the time or resources to dig into topics is just bad. So let's talk about the reaction from some big tech companies. So let's see how Meta is reacting to this. Meta owns Facebook, Instagrams, uh, Instagram and threads. Uh, both all platforms would block access to news before the act takes effect. Uh, this comes as a huge blow to the Canadian government because they were hoping that Bill C-18 would lead to tech giants entering into actual conversations with uh, the news outlets before posting and linking to their work. Uh, June 22nd, Meta said it was confirming that news availability will be ended on Facebook and Instagram for all users prior to the Online News Act. Uh, June, Meta started blocking news for up to 5% of Canadians on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, in Australia, where similar legislation was passed last year, Facebook temporarily blocked news feeds from international and domestic publications and wiped out pages for Australian state governments and charities. Google said it will remove news links to Canadian news on its platforms in Canada when the law comes into effect by the end of the year. The company said it will also remove news links from Google News, a personalized aggregator, um, the mobile feature Google Discover, and Google News Sho Showcase, a product used to license news from, pub from publishers. Google had warned that the bill, as currently worded, could lead to a link tax which would force it to pay news organizations for links to articles and, I quote, fundamentally breaks the way search and the internet have always worked. I mean, I would argue Google broke how the internet and search worked. Exactly. They're the company whose slogan is move fast and break things, is it not? Yep. I mean, it used to be don't be evil. And they just were like, no, no, get rid of that. We need to be evil. Like, like I agree this is a subpar solution for Canada because, and again, like, we have, the, we have a population and economy smaller than California. Yep. Right? Like, we are, like, we punch way above our weight class in the global economic stage. We do. But we're, but we're still not like a, we're not a, we're not a 
economically or politically large country. Yep. Yeah. And this but is also like fuck them. Like we're getting like like Facebook and Google have demonstrated a capacity and willingness to manipulate and determine the news. Canada lacks the capacity to break them up. Like, I, to some degree, I wonder how much of this is forcing them, slash tricking Google and Facebook, to just overplay their hand. Right? Because all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, what are they censoring? Do you think yeah. they're censoring Rebel News? Exactly. think they're censoring Epoch Times? Or are they picking winners all of a sudden? That's exactly and it. At what, and at what point are they lobbying or engaging in manipulation of Canadian assets? And like, like, I also think this is Canada slash our, like our politicians trying to win some political points when the EU does similar like next year. Yeah. Because I like, because... The system's not working. And, like, at least they're trying something. Instead of making it harder to issue corrections. Harder to, like, source fact from fiction. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly it, right? So here's another thing that I wanted to bring up. All right, so Bill C-18 was inspired by similar legislation in Australia, which became law in March 2021. The news media bargaining code gave the Australian government power to make Meta and Google negotiate content supply deals with the news outlets. According to a report from the Treasury Department, the tech firms have inked deals with 30 companies. These deals have amounted to more than 200 million Australian dollars for Australian news outlets, according to Rod Sims, the competition czar who helped initiate the bill. Tyler, I have a question for you. Does this, though, open up and similar, like, kind of in the same thread as what we were talking about? Does this open up the door? Let's say uh, Sun Media starts talking to Meta and whomever. And they're like, we sure. will pay you more if you feature our news at a higher level than others. Well, that's already what happens. Right? Yeah. You could already buy placement. No, I know. It's already there. Yeah, I know it is. But, so like okay yeah but is this is this like a more direct route for that like does the government think that these tech giants are going to actually pay up like what 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 is what's the inspiration for the government to do this well i, I mean i think part of it is it's a rear guard like, like part of it is you let these companies get too big right so, talking about, let's talk about Amazon and Facebook for a second. Because these two are, well, Amazon, Facebook, Google are all gargantuan and are the exact sort of thing antitrust legislation is created for. And all of them are able to functionally create and shape an entire market while also participating in that market. Right? So, on Amazon, this is, if you want to buy or sell stuff, you're doing it on Amazon. But also, like, Amazon also sells and makes products. Yeah. So it's very easy to be like, cool, like, I have to pay Amazon to put my t-shirts on Amazon. But if my t-shirts do too well, Amazon's just going to steal it. Google has the exact same thing with their ad platform. Right? Of, like... You have to buy, you have to buy Google ads to like participate in the online advertising space now. Yeah. Functionally. But you're competing against Google. Yeah. And then Facebook's the same way, right? Like you want to buy ads. You want to try to get your voice known. You want to try to buy data from Facebook. They're also doing all that in their own platform. Right? Like, like these companies already can pick winners and losers these companies can already basically have outsized influence for being beholden to no one. Yeah. And the Canadian, go I, I, 
I don't like this policy, but it's an attempt. And I think that's what it is, is they're trying to like. They're they're trying a policy that I think a lot of people know is imperfect. And they're in part being like, let's see what the tech company does. Let's see what our people do. And it's not like a one and done. I don't think anyone thinks this was going to be a panacea. And I also think part of it is, and this this is the vibe I get from a few policy people, and I don't think I agree with this, but part of it is they're trying to to Canadian content it. Yeah. So for those who maybe don't know, the rules of any television on Canada or any radio stations are because internationally we've decided that the country you're part of owns the radio wave and the airwaves because there are limited frequencies and we needed some way to just if Boris and I are both radio stations and I'm on frequency 100 that Boris can't just buy a bigger tower and also be on frequency 100 and just black me out yeah because that's like that's what happened and that is like a genuine fear and if you allow that to happen it's just you just create you create Facebook, but with radios of like, they just get to choose who gets to have their stuff on the radio. They get to choose. And I think that part of it is, is they're trying to make it to encourage local content and competitors. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's an apt analogy. I think that's a failure because I, I Canada's too small and the internet, like it's just a different beast than the radio, right? Like the meta, the, the comparison breaks down pretty quick when you think about like the network effects. Yeah, yep, that's exactly it. Um, the ministers are drafting regulations to address regulation and amendments to address Google's concerns over Bill C eighteen. So I'm a little curious to see how they rewrite this in order to appease the tech companies. Uh, but before we go, Tyler, my question to you is, do you see similar things happening in other places? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine the EU is yeah. working on something similar. Me, like, I, they've had a couple of really good policies come out recently that I've been, like, really impressed with as a policy nerd. Um, and... I would I would imagine they have something in this broader area. Um and they'll they'll be able to have more weight yeah. behind it because that's a huge set of economies. Yeah. Um I don't like but then you look at the states and you're like we had a judge today say that like fact checking might not be allowed under freedom of speech. Like they, there was a federal judge who in their finding ruled that internet, like, like platform providers like Facebook, like Twitter censoring content, like, because it's not truthful or trying to offer fact questions is a violation of freedom of speech. Therefore you can't do it. And if you allow no, like, if you allow no parameters on how a business can run like that, like, you just have, you know, you have to put everything on there. Like, those are not going to do well. No, that will do. It's, Turns it's out most people don't want to be around assholes. Yeah, it's going to turn into the Wild West at that point, right? But it's going to be interesting because, like, how can the government tell what a private company can and can't do? What do you mean? How the, the government doesn't own these companies, right? Like, so I'm, I'm sure that well, there's... I, go, go ahead. Was it like practically or philosophically? Wow. <laughs> right. That's Philosophically, it. it all comes from we've decided that the nation state has the monopoly of the use of force on their jurisdiction. Yeah. That's the entire premise of modern international law and legal thinking. So, like, if you get down to it far enough, well, they have the army. Yeah. Like, like, like realistically, I think Canada came out swinging with, B with Bill C-18. They wanted to see what they could get. Australia, it seems like, got $200 million. It's like, one of those things you got to remember is, like, 
Australia got two hundred million dollars from like some of the biggest companies on Earth. That's huge for those news companies. All of those companies, like all of Facebook, Google, they all made profits last year. Yep. So like, and like not small profits. Yeah. It, it almost goes back to what we were saying, right? Like to start the show and the whole discussion and ROI and, and, and how money is being spent and where money is going and, you know, the, the cycle of, that is the economy. Well, and like, again, for like for so long, you had all these companies that it's just like, yeah, I just don't want to pay for things. But then you end up with like the content has to have a way to make money. Yeah. Right. Like if you want good reporting. They need money from somewhere and it's weirdly hard to make money off of telling the truth. It turns out people would rather not hear the truth sometimes. Yep. It's 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 so weird like when you really do a deep search, like a like a deep research yeah. on on tech and society. Man, we're a yeah. really weird species. And like the yeah. well, influence I mean, that tech has on our day-to-day -day everything. Yeah. How we think, what we do, what we say, how we act, how we react, etc., etc., etc. If you want to know more, play Metal Gear Revengeance. <laughs> it basically it. lays all this out. <laughs> I and love it. You're gonna fight a United States senator. That's the final boss. Yep. There you go. Thank you, Moth. <laughs> Moth just goes right by. Like, hey, I've been in the show too. I do. I love that. All right. Well, Tyler, as always, it's always been a pleasure. And just remember, you can find us at the It's at itscanonpodcast.com. Uh, you can go find us and listen to our back catalog and all future episodes on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, really anywhere that you can download podcasts, you can get this show if you're coming from the sunday night's main event feed not only do i want to say thank you uh, but you can also go to itscanonpodcast.com tyler always a pleasure hope to have you next week um and uh hopefully phil is doing on it. okay he's tyler i'm boris until next time thank you and goodbye